The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton and we are going to explore the impact of social media and the COVID-19 virus. Uh, This show is brought to you by Million Kids. Million Kids is an organization that our mission is to keep kids safe from predators, and we will talk about some of that today, but I want to take it a bit beyond the scope of our normal mission because these are rare and extraordinary times that we're living in, and I want to be able to help you and me uh, sort through these things together. Uh, this is really the most unusual time of our lives. I I am old enough to remember other global crises. I remember the Kuwait War and uh, all the information was out there. By the way, it was about the time that social media was really taking hold and Facebook and even MySpace, if you remember that, uh, was out there and uh, people were buying gold and, and, and buying groceries and talking on social media and like that, I remember uh, even maybe before that, the gas crisis, when you could only buy gas on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and they limited the amount that you could have. And that was a challenge if you had two cars in your, in your if you were a two-car household, okay? So we have, as a nation, been through some very extreme times. However, this one um, is so uncertain because nobody can define it. Nobody knows if it's going to be over in two weeks, four weeks, six months, or nine months, or a year. And if we're going to have any economy left when we're through, uh, on the one hand, uh, Washington, D.C. and the politicians are reacting as politicians do by throwing money in it and then throwing in a few extra goodies for their constituents, like $25 million for the Kennedy Library. Uh, I'm not so sure why that's in there. It's kind of really sad to me uh, to see uh politicians trying to get money to the people and then have all these pork things for special interests out there. But I digress. What uh, what we see is that this COVID-19 uh, virus is changing our lives and changing it permanently, in my opinion. Uh, we're going to go deep into this in this in this particular show. We're going to talk about the impact on crime. We're going to talk about the impact on human behavior uh, and uh, how we make our choices. We're going to talk about the impact of global information, living in a world without borders. As most of you know, I have a book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. Well, we're truly there, and we're there in a different way than I predicted in that book. 
uh, I may go back and add a chapter as I uh, order up new new books. I just sold out and I just had a new load come in. And uh, so we're going to look at the impact on our society as it's global. But first, uh, in the event that we have parents and grandparents and social workers and like that, Uh, listening, I want to first say that one of the greatest impacts is that we will have our kids online in more ways than ever before. And they're bored. They're reaching out. They're changing the way they socialize. They change the way they communicate. They are still being influenced by people outside your home because of social media, and they are living online. And so one of the things that we do want to talk about in this show, because it's important to understand this, is that as long as this goes on, your kids are going to spend more and more time online And that means they are probably going to explore new apps, and they're also going to talk to people they have never met. And so we need to be prepared for that. And, you know, this is, uh, we've, according to my book, Societal Shift, we've well passed the stage of just wagging our finger and saying, you be careful on there now. This is a great time, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, to get involved with your kids' social media. They have time on their hands. Sit down with them and say, I want to look at your phone. What are these apps? Let's take them one by one. Let's Google them. Let's understand how they work. Let's understand how they're good for for you in your socializing, but let's also understand how they can be dangerous. How do they work? How do pedophiles use them? How do you use them? How do kids use them inappropriately? I would highly encourage you to follow me and kids on Facebook. We post cases on there. Uh, We just had one that I put on there where a 10-year-old was seduced on Facebook. Now, you're not supposed to be on Facebook if you're 10, And yet, there she is, and it was a very serious matter. He ended up getting 30 years uh, by a 10-year-old being seduced. She lied and said she was 13, but he could tell she was a minor under any circumstances and greatly altered that girl's life. So, you know, we now have our kids online. It is important, parents, that you overcome your fear of technology. Sit down and start to look at this. I am doing something like this right now in this downtime. I brought in a young person who put me on uh, the Finstas, uh, the fake Instagram, and, uh, you know, we went out and started looking at all the hashtags. At the end of the show, we'll start to talk about how pedophiles actually use hashtags to recruit our kids. Maybe I'll allude to it right now. I mean, there's all these, let's see if I have it handy somewhere. Maybe I don't because I have my show in order, my show notes. But maybe at break I'll come up with some of them so that you can see. I know they're like hashtag camp girls, hashtag hot girls, um, uh, things like that. And that's how they find our kids. The same kind of thing with TikTok. Get TikTok, download it, see what it's like. Experiment with it. Take it past just looking at the videos that are on there because if you just look at the top 10% of that app, your kids are going to go, oh, don't worry, mom, I'm just talking to people I know. That is not true in TikTok. TikTok is mass audience live streaming. It is not uncommon for a kid to have a million likes and 20,000 followers. 
and have them be able to text back to your child. And how do they do that? They go into certain categories. There's something that was called TikTok Thought, T-H-O-T. That's the pornographic version. But now there's something called TikTok Chick, C-H-I-C-C, that is on there. And uh, you might want to Google those. So what I'm telling you, Mom and Dad, is this is a time, the social media impact on your child, where your child is going to have time in their hands and people will be sending stuff back and forth and go, hey, guys, check this out. And they will begin to go into things they normally would never go for. Now, the opposite of this discussion is that while our kids are have time on their hands and they're more accessible than ever because of all the latest technologies, pedophiles will ramp up their activity at this point. So do pimps and predators of all kinds, and we're going to get into that later in the show about how it affects various crimes of, of fraud and uh, counterfeiting and things like that and uh, hacking and uh, phishing and like that. But, you know, one of the things that happens is bad guys have time on their hands too. And bad guys don't all look like some guy who just came out of 36-year stint in prison. Many of our pedophiles that are on these global uh, child pornography rings are uh, good-looking, attractive, intelligent, uh, highly disciplined Uh, advanced people that have a fetish and that is a fetish for violating children and they will often play out that fetish by going online and seducing kids pretending to be a young girl or young guy and they will do that because they have an obsessive an obsessive compulsive behavior they have a fetish that they cannot control and those same pedophiles are under the same amount of pressure as the rest of our society. And when that happens, and you combine that with the fact that they have additional time on their hands, they may be sitting around at their computer when nobody else is looking, and much of this takes place at home. By the way, occasionally it takes place at work, and occasionally it takes place at churches. Uh, The top pedophiles that are arrested, that are identified, are related to the education system. They're there because they, they have a fetish for young people. But it's also policemen, pedo- um, uh, pediatricians, uh, pastors. Uh, it can be anybody. Uh, I feature these on my Facebook page at Million Kids on Facebook. And I would highly encourage you to go on and sign up and hit like and look at them. Don't just look at those cases and go, oh, my gosh, that's awful. And I don't want to read that. Look at it from a standpoint of what can we learn about this guy. Some of these people have PhDs. They are highly accomplished people. They are family people with children of their own. But when they get under a lot of stress and they have some downtime, they go in and begin to collect photos of violated children. And this will accelerate during this time. This is the very reason why I'm, I'm starting out with this segment of how this will affect you personally, because we have a just a uh, potential catastrophic 
catastrophic coming together of events as we have millions, perhaps billions of young people online, often without supervision, bored, scared, and they're going to go online and they're going to say, I'm scared. You know, my dad's laid off. My mom's getting her hours cut back. Uh, You know, I'm bored. Uh, We may have to move. Uh, You know, uh, it's really, really awful. And they will share their emotions online. And those get picked up. They get picked up in group conversations. They get picked up in one-on-one conversations. They get picked up in chat rooms. They get picked up in video game chat rooms. And all it takes is that little bit of of information or posting it under uh, some of these like cam girls or cam girls get wild in order to get more likes, more followers on those mass audience live streaming apps like like, L-I-K-E-E or live.me or TikTok or uh, even under Instagram, Snapchat, by the way, huge, huge, huge. They have Snap Cash on there. You have kids making money selling nudes on there. It, it is uh at one of those times where you, uh, I remember a movie from many, many years ago called Hallelujah Trail, where all the bad guys and the good guys all came together at once and they had this enormous fight out. Well, that's where we're about to be in this social media impact of being home, being isolated, having time on your hands, being under great stress because you have to telecommute, you don't have your normal kind of environment, and you get the acceleration of of fetishes and stress and kids available, and we have a serious serious kind of exploitation going on. This is Opal Singleton. This show is called Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. I appreciate you listening to this. I hope you'll share this show with others uh, out there. It is archived at exploitedcrimes.com, exploitedcrimes.com. And uh, what you do is you go to listen, you go all the way to the bottom, and you will see this very show And you can share this show with everyone you know. This is a time for you, mom and dad, to get involved with your kids' social media. Learn what those apps are about, study them, share them, and share them for good so your kid can be a leader as they live in a world without borders. My name is Opal Singleton. We're up against a break. I'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. 
Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about the impact of social media and the COVID-19 virus. Well, I want to really kind of uh, share some thoughts with you today. This is uh, uh, an unusual time. I would welcome you to contact me at opal at millionkids.org, O-P-A-L at millionkids.org, and share your thoughts with me. Uh, I'm one individual with, you know, a background of doing a massive amount of research on things like human exploitation, money laundering, child pornography, sextortion, social media exploitation, sex trafficking, labor trafficking. I have tens of thousands of hours of doing that. So that forms my opinion and makes me who I am. But I value your opinion and your perspective and your thoughts and 
I I would encourage you, since you might have some time on your hands, to write to me at Opalette Million Kids. I want to hear from you and your thoughts and your exchanges on this. But let me tell you some of the background and thinking that I have on this. Keep in mind who I am. I have three million frequent flyer miles, so I have been all over the world. So I've always been a global thinker. Um, I'm not trying to impress you with that. It's been a long time ago, and a lot of societies have changed since I did that uh, because for the last 10 years, I've just beat my brains out trying to stop uh, child exploitation. But but I look at things on a global perspective, and so that's kind of where I want to go with you on the next segment. This uh, is a unique situation with COVID-19 because it is global, it's global, but it's very personal, if you know what I mean. In other words, it's happening all over the world. But as I talk about in the book, Societal Shift, it is affecting us all over the world and in our own living room or wherever we go because we have a cell phone with us. So I want to share with you a minute the reason why terrorism is so effective. Let's say the 9-11 bombing or uh, blowing up a mosque or blowing up a restaurant, even in Paris, or blowing up a, a, a nightclub in, let's say, Las Vegas or Atlanta. The reason that kind of crime is so effective is that it could happen to us. We have social media. We see it as it's happening now. People use their cell phones and they record it and, and the Twitters go out immediately. Uh, any kind time you have a crisis, uh, you get particular hashtags, people start feeding in information so that your local news people in the past had to have a reporter in every city and they had to get in their car and race out there and try to get some sort of interview and photo. It's almost instantaneous. You have a school in lockdown, then you have that right in front of you as people. The first thing they do if you have a school in lockdown is people get out their phones and start recording even while they're running. And so that allows us to see in almost real time and experience it as if we're there. And so what will happen there, and the reason why terrorism, especially and homegrown violent extremism, is so effective is that we process it like we're involved in it. In other words, we see a restaurant blown up in Las Vegas And we say to ourselves, maybe I shouldn't be going to restaurants. Uh, And so it, it, we experience this as if we're victims. And that's what makes that crime so effective and why terrorist organizations use it. They only have to kill a very few people for the rest of us to get the message that if we're in the wrong place at the wrong time, this could happen to us. So there is one of that kind of impact going on with this on the COVID virus. Uh, We see that Social media is really giving us uh, early information on where this is happening. Uh, We experience they're having a pandemic in Italy. Who doesn't know that by now? Uh, Not that that's any less important, but what I want to 
point out to you is without social media, we would hear they're not doing well in Italy. But now we see pictures of thousands of people being loaded into containers as makeshift morgues. And so now we're acutely aware that it's not just happening here in Riverside and in New York and Los Angeles, but it's also happening in Rome. And this is what it looks like. And uh, you, you sort back through that. And so this social media gives us quick information. Right now, the, the thing is, this is about to move into Africa. And we all have some sense of how catastrophic that's liable to be. And so we process, it elevates our fear. It also elevates our capacity to understand just what a global issue is. But it also elevates our fear. And uh, we have to balance that about what is really happening in our lives. I see that uh, because as these stories go out, we we uh, experience and empathize with people in other nations. So on the one hand, there is a powerful good thing about it in that it helps us to empathize and experience other people's loss. On the other hand, we process that like uh, this is really, really enormous, even if I'm okay. I might not be okay. So it ramps up your anxiety because you live in the what if world. We were, a couple of us were talking about that. Uh, we were very, very fortunate. We live here in a uh, community where we're fairly broadly spread apart. Uh, people are mature. They are honoring the the uh, social band of not being together. Uh, most of us have not been to Costco. You talk about somebody that isn't uh, social distancing. Uh, there were 700 people in that Costco line the other day, and yeah, they keep them six feet apart, but anytime you get 700 people together, you know, it, it's, um, it's, a, it's a challenge. And, uh, and we listen to this and we try to process what is going on, but it also escalates not only our awareness, but it escalates our fear. And we have to kind of take that into consideration as we do this. There's a lot of couch quarterbacking going on right now. One of the things here is that while we get lots and lots of photos and information, one of the things that's not happening is no one is teaching us how to evaluate that information. Is it real? What's it based on? What is the intent of the presenter? And this is really, really important to me because there is a lot of misinformation. And then what happens is we latch on to some piece of misinformation that kind of fits with our emotional thinking at the moment, and we share and we share and we share. And that is one of the advantages of social media, but also the downside is that misinformation that is going on out there. It's a, it's an interesting thing. I was uh, channel hopping, and I, I would encourage you if you have teenagers in your life and you're dealing with fear, first of all, uh, the, the message that I put out a couple, three weeks ago, the most important thing you can do with your teenager is sit down and talk about the fear you're experiencing. Can dad get laid off? Yep, he can. You know, is money tight? Yeah, it'll change our lives. Uh, 
you know, is it possible that one of our relatives or one of us might get it? Yes. And you began to talk about taking a, a true assessment of the reality of your lives and figuring out and talking with your child and allowing them to express that fear. This keeps them, hopefully, from going online and sharing with total strangers where they're going to be vulnerable. This is really important that you begin to analyze where your information is coming from and how real is it. It is uh, very important to see that because you have... The mainstream media that used to have standards, by the way, used to be in the mainstream media. If you reported it, you better have a report that backs it up. Some facts, some study, some personal experience that backs that up that you can claim. None of that is required anymore in social media. People put all kinds of things out there. And one of the first things you have to ask yourself is, what do I know about the person who posted this information? Where is the research study? How valid is it? If it's based on sources who know, uh, people in the business, experts that supposedly know, but they don't give those resources, you really have to step back and say, this is gossip. This is one man's opinion. Where are the facts? I'm going to talk about that in the next section as we go into some of the things that are in print. Because this stuff, even Snops or Snopes or whatever you call them, you know, can't ferret out most of this stuff. And then it gets passed off and off and off. And pretty soon, if you tell a lie fast enough and far enough, everybody's going to believe it. And that is the danger of social media. My name is Opal Singleton. This is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are up against that break. So stay with us. We're going to be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators seduced the grooming of america's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in america three out of four victims are u.s citizens most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the internet sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo sometimes it's catastrophic 
Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about the impact of social media on an event, a global event such as COVID-19 and how it affects us personally as we're talking about that more and more of our kids are online and they're expressing fear, they're expressing uh, they're bored, they're reaching out, they're trying new things, they're doing online school, but most kids have not developed the discipline to be online in school. And so they are going to need your expertise, your support, your discipline, your maturity. I would highly encourage you to use some of the time if your kids are in online classes and set and help them with those classes, uh, get them engaged so their mind doesn't wander off to doing other things online, talk about projects, show them how to research and use the internet wisely in a way that really can uh, help them grow. There are many, many, many good uses to technology, but the danger of it is, is that if you're on there without cognitive reasoning as an adult, you're going to try a lot of stuff out. You know, the real hard part here is, All of us, especially if you're a grandmother or mother, you look back at your teenage years and some of the stuff we tried out was darn scary, okay? (laughs) But now they have global access and the world has access to them. So when they start to try out those things online, it will be more dangerous. So I would encourage you to set with your kid and show them fun ways to use the internet in a way that can be really, really interesting and uh, emotionally supportive, quite frankly. Uh, You know, research colleges for them to consider, research future vacations, Um, you know, talk about what it's like in Belize or if you're going to go to Puerto Rico or maybe you're just going to go, you know, to uh, Kansas City, Kansas. I don't know where you're going, but research it and show them the fun of it. What is the history? What is the background? What do you want to see? Talk about how things are made and research that. Look at some YouTubes. There are some powerful, powerful YouTubes. YouTubes that can be used for good 
on there. They do not have to just use TikTok to go into some crazy dan- uh, dancing thing. You see that this is moving into, uh, let's say, Rwanda or uh, Kenya. Uh, began to talk about uh, what is the sanitation in Kenya? How fast they're talking about how fast it's it spreads there, rather than to be afraid of the fact that it's happening in Kenya and now it's going to happen here, began to talk about the differences between us and them. Help them understand and evaluate and appreciate the value of the life that we have. We live in the top 1% of the world, folks. I have been all over the world. Uh, Share historical information. If you are church people, uh, you know, send off to to your pastor, and find out what he's going to talk about. And if it involves some historical site, begin to look at it. Show them some little archaeology. Talk about nature and uh, look at certain kinds of animals. Uh, there are a lot of fun things to see in the name of animals and weird animals. And, you know, go on. YouTube is just a, a really wonderful, it's a plethora of fun and good information. So, This does not have to be catastrophic, but one of the most important things that I believe all of us need to do is start to challenge the information that is coming into our heads and begin to say, I am going to be selective in what I believe and how it is presented to me. You see, I think it's important that we can have a dialogue with our kids about who is the poster of this information? Who, where is it coming from? Are there facts? What are the facts? And this is really true, mom and dad, of photographs. Because there is technology coming out in the future, it's pretty close, where they can actually alter live streaming in progress. In other words, if you see a cop fighting with a, a bad guy, then they will in the future be able to put a gun in that photo that is not there or take a gun out that is there and they will alter what you're seeing to be able to make their point. And so what is happening here is that this is the reason this is so important is that there's kind of an ongoing panic and a lot of misinformation that goes out and truly even social media abuse that is that is being posted. Misinformation goes out, it gets presented and then it gets shared and shared and shared. So you can't track back what is going on. You have news headlines. I mean, if you just start with the basics of our news reporters, I did an exercise this week, and I'd highly encourage you to do that, where you make a list of uh, five news outlets, uh, maybe uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, or uh, Fox, or CNN, or BBC, the British Broadcasting. And listen to the reporting and listen to what I want you to listen to is who is saying that, who who shows how can we verify that that is valid and true, or is it just based on emotion? Do they have an ulterior motive? Do they have a particular political leaning that they have an ulterior motive for? Can you prove that this is actually a fact that you've done because they are presenting this to you and it is affecting how you form your opinion of something? I'll share with you, I won't say what station, but 
I was doing this very project this week to so that I understand where I'm at. And it was a, a big network. I'm not going to say who. And they had a a doctor who uh, went in with undercover video to show you how bad it was uh, in New York. The undercover video was nothing. It, it, It was people in bed. Yes, they had coronavirus, but there were not thousands of people in a hallway. It was just a normal ER setting. But the emotional words that they put with that video made it sound like that this is the worst thing that's ever happened in that hospital. I guarantee you that you see this on a regular basis. Now, is there a tragedy going on in the name of hospitals across the U.S.? Probably. Uh, We see ships being moved in by our government on both coasts so that they have spare kind of thing. Uh, My sister-in-law had to go to the emergency room. She fell and broke her wrist. And uh, they had all kinds of procedures in place to protect her. And there were very few people there. So if you're being admitted, they have all kinds of triage. One of the reasons I'd ask you to do that is to teach your child to put the information in perspective. Talk to your child about empathy for those health workers that are putting their lives on the line. They are working 24-7, and they are at risk of getting it, and many, many of them are doing that, and they can't go home to their own family. That's a tremendous conversation to have, but talk about the reporting of it, and is it responsible reporting? Because what they're showing there really wasn't the real deal, what they were doing is creating a a story to get you to empathize without giving you the real facts. This is real important when you hear a fact that is being presented out there that is being combined with opinion. And I encourage you, parents and, um, you know, even first responders, uh, professional people, listen to the news and dissect the, the sentence that you hear. You will often hear a statement of truth, but it will be tied to their personal opinion. So with that, it'll be presented as their opinion is a fact and part of the news. And this is the danger of this as it gets on social media and then gets passed around and around and around. Uh, I've often used the uh, example of uh, a line I heard on television one time prior to this virus. They said something like uh, President Trump was going to uh, Delaware because he was concerned about winning the election. Well, President Trump going to Delaware is a fact. You can see him get on a plane and get off a plane. But unless he has said personally, this is why I'm going and this is what I think, then the rest of that sentence is, in fact, someone's personal opinion that they have put on them. I saw something very similar a while back that I talked about where they said, uh, well, this is being said and this is being said and this is being said. So President Trump is going to say this. And it was a derogatory remark about what Trump was going to say. And I said to myself, there is a perfect example of the danger of social media and that you have all of these people who are combining facts with with their own personal opinion and announcing it as fact. 
That reporter had no idea if that's what Trump is going to say. He, she did not meet with him. He didn't send her a line. Quite frankly, she is of the other party. And she had just simply interjected her own personal opinion and gave it to Trump as a fact and gave it to you. And so I think that this is real important because what we're getting here is all this misinformation about uh, through social media. You know, they're coming out with all kinds of fake cures that you can do. Drink plenty of wine and cure the virus. Uh, The disease is punishment for our sins. Uh, Millions have been infected for thousands of people are keeling over in the streets of China. You know, all of these things, by the way, I'm uh, reading this from an article of someone that wrote this that I can't pronounce their name, uh, but but what they're doing is giving examples of how all of this gets started about, you know, uh, things that you can do, gargle vinegar, uh, do this, do that. Well, people mean well. But there are a lot of hoaxes that are going on, and they're being passed around over and over. So that's the negative side of social media. Some of the positive side is there's some pretty darn good jokes going around on Facebook, and they are used to lift our spirits, and I appreciate that aspect of social media. Not only that, I appreciate seeing people on there that I haven't seen in a long time and hearing from them and having them say, I'm saying a prayer for you, I'm here for you for you. I'm supporting you. I'm looking after you, uh, checking in on you. And here's a good laugh for the day. So while there are downsides to social media, there are upsides. We can see the world. We can get facts. We can be involved all over the world in ways we never could. But then it also gives you a world of misinformation. And it is important if our children are not only going to survive in social media during a global crisis, it is important that we teach them to thrive through social media, to protect themselves and understand the reality of the world we live in and teach them to be leaders by being able to take a look at it and say, I'm not falling for this craziness, but I am going to use social media for empathy, for looking out for my fellow man, for keeping our spirits up, for being a leader, for engaging myself, for improving myself and improving my learning and include use it to improve my closeness to my family. This is Opal Singleton. We're up against that break. Be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like 
like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the Internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about the impact of social media and the COVID-19. These are really, really unusual times. None of us really know what to believe. And quite frankly, I don't think that it's something that you can believe in a straight line. In other words, nobody's been here before. This is the first of a global pandemic that we have lived through. And nobody, including the president, the World Health Organization, the CDC, and all of the above, they can do all kinds of modeling, but nobody has 
actually prepared to understand about this. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, Vegetarian, Unitarian, Presbyterian. Nobody really knows where this is going to go. And uh, one of the things that is very disturbing to me is that in my generation, Americans pulled together. So to see all of this political kind of uh, get evenness and, uh, you know, carpetbagging kind of thing going on is really, really disturbing to me. But what we do know is that it gives us a chance to focus on our own families and, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting thing. God has finally found a way to get us to come home. Uh, families have reached a point where they only passed in the night and their whole relationship was on texting. The challenge with that is that you don't have a lot of emotions and the emotions you get in these kind of remote communication can often get confused. You text something and you're not able to see someone's facial Uh, expressions. You're not standing there where you can kind of feel the vibes of it. Um, By the way, I I just wanted to share a thought. It had nothing to do with social media, but yesterday down the street, we had an elderly gentleman that went for a walk and didn't come back. And the whole neighborhood panicked, and they got the police out there, and they got the sniffing dogs. What do you call those? The the dogs that that smell smells. What is that called? I forgot. Anyway, uh, and the dog traced him down. He was about uh, almost uh, half a mile away. And uh, what was interesting, we were talking about that, isn't it interesting how we all leave a smell and we don't realize it? We all leave a trail or a track and uh, uh, and don't realize it. Well, what I, what I want to say is that social media is a a venue that often is remote of emotion. So it's very easy to misinterpret what someone's saying. Uh, or they say something flippant or uh, something that in any other time you'd all be in a room and you'd laugh about it and walk away. But in the privacy of your own home, you start to question and you you uh, get your feelings hurt and uh, you interpret it based on what you're feeling rather than what they were saying. And so those are some of the dangers of social media. And it is important to have that dialogue. This is a unique time when your family actually can see each other and be with each other. And uh, I think that there's a tremendous opportunity there to use that for good. There's a couple of studies out that that say that 66% of social media uh, users believe their social media will increase if they're confined. 64% to implant to increase their use of YouTube. 63% the use of Facebook. Uh, It's a fascinating thing that is happening in our world because our kids will live in a world where they text, where they share photos, where they make photos, and where they will talk to millions of people they've never met. The danger of that is they're using their real live emotions, their fear, their excitement, their fantasy, the good and the bad. As they perceive their relationship online with someone they have never met. And that is the danger because as all of this accelerates, so do the fetishes of pedophiles and predators. If there is ever a time for an opportunity in our lives, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, sit down and talk about this historical event and the impact of social media on our lives with it. 
take some of this show and talk about some of the elements of it. I hope you will. Well, this show is brought to you by Million Kids. We are struggling in the COVID virus. All of our presentations have been canceled. Uh, the book sales are are kind of minimal because we're not out there. The donations are very, very slow in coming in, and we are truly trying to survive this. But while we're surviving, I hope we can provide you with good, solid information that will make an impact on your life that can help you with your child or your grandchild. If you believe in the mission of Million Kids of Keeping Kids Safe from Predators and you have it in your heart and you're at a time where you can, I'd appreciate it if you would support our work. For Pete's sake, take care of yourself first. Take care of your family first. Make them your absolute top priority. But if you are a foundation or a family that is in a place that can't afford to to still donate and support this work, I believe that more than ever in this time of crisis that the world needs the work of Million Kids, and we appreciate it. If you want to support our work, go to millionkids.org. That is M-I-L-L-I-O-N, millionkids.org. Hit that donate button. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. I hope you shared the show from exploitedcrimes.com, and we will see you next Thursday morning, 7 a.m. Have a great week, folks. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.